there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified, you as our listeners would be edified. For more information about us, I ask that you please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lower case. There is no S on the end. Uh, some people have emailed and said, hey, I can't find that. Well, and that's the reason. So, uh, please do that. There you can find a statement of faith, uh, ways of financially supporting us. There's a prayer request page there. There is a podcast index page there. And if you uh, want to listen to previous podcast questions and answers, that would be the place. It'll tell you what podcast number uh, according to what questions were answered on that particular podcast. And then you can listen to the podcast, uh, obviously, on our uh, webpage as well. And today, I, I know I always say this, but I really want to encourage you. If you have a Bible, please, please pick it up and follow along. If you do not have access to a Bible, you can also go to our webpage and click on the daily Bible verse. And that will take you to another webpage that we have no association with. It's just a good resource to use. And they have all versions that you can probably think of in multiple languages as well. And there you can follow along as well. I know a lot of people say they like to listen to us in the gym or while they're exercising. And that's great. Uh, I appreciate that. I am doing more of that kind of thing myself. But today's topic is going to be somewhat controversial probably to some listeners. And we're going to talk about premillennialism. And this is a very popular teaching, actually fairly new in modern Christianity. It's only about 100, 150 years old. And so there's a lot of movies that have been made based off of uh, this, this term and this type of theology. Uh, some of that would be popular, like Left Behind, uh, Late Great Planet Earth. There's quite a few actually out there. And if you would go and look in the bookstores and the video stores, there you're going to find that they are in the in the fiction section. And that's the reason. There is a reason. And if you would read the preface of those books, they will tell you it's fiction. Uh, they're just trying to uh, make either make money, scare people, or this is just simply their version of Scripture. And I have really, honestly, I've read all those books. I have studied this type of thing out. And I just, it took me years to really to, to go through everything that I have gone through. And I just really struggle with it really hard. And I'm going to explain why in this podcast. And I'm going to use the Bible uh, to explain why. And so if you have a different uh, theory, a uh, different interpretation, uh, uh, peace is what I say to you. Hope you'll continue to listen to us. And we certainly uh, hope and pray that you will take this uh, seriously and, and, and go through the verses that we will discuss. And so if you're going to follow along and I have a Bible, I will be in John chapter 19 and verse 33 here in just a few moments. Just a little introduction to this, really. Uh, Premillennialism teaches after the defeat of the Antichrist by Jesus. 
And that's that's a whole other can of worms there, this term Antichrist. And maybe we'll get into that later, or maybe we can do another podcast on that. But the short is, the word anti just simply means you're against something. In this case, you're against Christ. And so, Jesus will establish his earthly kingdom on earth, uh, according to this doctrine. Jesus then will return from Jerusalem, return, and he will rule from Jerusalem, sitting on King David's throne for a period of a thousand years. Furthermore, anyone that's converted to Jesus during this so-called tribulation era and is killed or martyred, uh, they will be resurrected just before the thousand-year period. Then this way they can reign with Jesus. And so, um, you know, there's only one king, and my question we always goes unanswered is, how will I rule with Jesus? I am his servant. Uh, he is the king. But anyway, at the end of this thousand-year period on earth, and this is when Judgment Day will take place, the lost will be sent to hell and then only the saved will be able to go to heaven. And here's some problems with the teaching that I have. Again, follow along in a Bible, please. I, I've never asked any of my listeners ever to take my word for anything. I am a very big uh, on the authority of Scripture. So Jesus' kingdom will not be established in a future date. And we can get this straight from the mouth of Jesus in his trial in front of uh, Pilate. In John chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. So if you have your Bible, follow along. And we're obviously in the trial of, of Jesus. And... Jesus is being asked uh, a lot of questions. And I'll be reading from the New American Standard update for probably all the podcasts. I might switch over uh, to another one. If I do, I'll let you know. Therefore, Pilate entertained again and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Okay, you have to understand this is what charge they have used the, the Sanhedrin to arrest Jesus, take him to Pilate to be punished. They want him executed. And so they want him out of their lives. He's been a real uh, sore spot in their life for the last couple of years, and they're ready basically just to do away with him. Uh, they don't want to deal with him any longer. And so Jesus has already made himself, uh, he's, he's stated that he's a king, uh, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, as it's called, uh, people are hailing him king of the Jews, and he does not rebuke them at all. He accepts that statement. Okay? So, in verse 34, here's Jesus' response. Are you saying this on your own initiative, or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest delivered you to me. What have you done? In verse 36, Jesus answers, 
My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting so that I would not have been handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world or of this realm. Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this reason I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Of course, the famous question that Pilate has probably ever asked, and what is the truth? Okay, so here we go. We're in this conversation. We have Jesus talking, and he is saying, yes, I am a king. You're right, but I'm not a king of this earth. Turn with me to Luke 23, verse 3. And so Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him and said, It is as you say. Mark 15, 2, as well, will say this. Exactly the same question and the exact same answer. So Jesus has always been a king. He's always claimed to be, and he always will be. Now, we have a situation going on in the book of Samuel where the people are demanding Samuel appoint a king. And this really distresses Samuel. And Samuel will talk to God about it, and God will say, Samuel, it's not your fault. These people are doing this. They have rejected me as their king. So, Christ's kingdom is not on this earth. And we're going to get more into that. So, where does this thousand-year reign come from? Well, the odds are pretty high. They're going to go to the book of Revelation. Now, I really like the book of Revelation, but I think it's really a lot of happy hunting ground to do whatever and say whatever you want. And write lots of books to scare people and make lots of money. But John, excuse me, John has wrote the book of Revelation. He's obviously one of the apostles. And I think what you will find when you read this is going to be really interesting. So please, open the Bible if you have one handy, and go to Revelation chapter 20, starting in verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the, the dragon and the son of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and shut it, sealed it over him, so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After this, he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones, and they who sat on them, and the judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus, because of the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark on their forehead or their hand, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead 
did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part of the first resurrection. Over these have the power over the death, but they will be priests of God in Christ and reign with him for a thousand years. Okay, so they're not, those who are going to reign with him, this simply means they're going to live with Christ type idea. But notice again, if you read this text, in fact, if you read the whole chapter, honestly, these are five things you will not find in that text. And every time I talk to somebody who believes in this doctrine, this is exactly where they take you. Revelation 20. Okay? So, the second coming of Jesus is not in the text. It is not. We just read it. The second thing is the establishment of Jesus' kingdom. It is not there. It is not mentioned. An early reign of Christ. It's not there. Jesus coming to sit on David's throne. It's not there. And we who are alive today is not there. You see, the apostle writes that he saw disembodied spirits who who were executed for the witnessing of Jesus, believing in him, being converted. The fact is there is no mention of an earthly reign. And I think that's really important in this part of the text that we always seem to have to go to. The scripture, they're clear. Jesus cannot rule an earthly throne. So the question has to be, oh, what do you mean by that? Where is the throne of Christ? Well, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. So turn with me there. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now, the main point in what has been said is this. We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand at the throne of the majesty in the heavens. That's Hebrews 8, 1. Now, notice Hebrews 8, verse 4. Back it down just a little bit here. Now, if he were on earth... He would not be a priest at all, since there are those who are offering the gifts according to the law. Zechariah 6.13, over into the Old Testament. Zechariah 6.13. Yes, it is he who built the temple of the Lord, and he who will bear the honor and sit on the rule on his throne. Thus he will be a priest on the throne and counsel a peace between the two offices. So, okay, let's try to put some of this all together. First of all, Christ is the high priest. And that's Hebrews 8.1, we just read. While a priest, he will be on his throne. Zechariah 6.13, Okay. If he was on earth, he could not be a priest. Hebrews 8, 4. So, Jesus' throne is not on earth. And here is another proof that Jesus will not reign on earth for a thousand years. And this is quite a long reading, and there's some words in here that I probably will slaughter. 
but it's in Jeremiah chapter 22. Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 24 through 30. So please follow along if you have a Bible. As I live, declares the Lord, even though Kona, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a segment ring on my hand, yet I will pull it off of you. And I will give you over to the hand of those who are seeking your life. Yes, into the hand of those whom you dread. Even in the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. I will hurl you and your mother who bore you into another country, where you not where you were not born, and there you will die. But as for the land to which they desire to return, they will not return to it. Is this man Kona a despised shattered jar? Or is he a, an undesirable vessel? Why have he and his descendants been hurled out and cast into a land which they had not known? O land, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Write this man down, childless, a man who will not prosper in his days, for no man of his descendants will proper prosper sitting on the throne of David or ruling again in Judea. Okay, Judea, Jerusalem sits in Judea. Okay, listeners, please understand, this is a promise made by God that not one who is a descendant of Jehoiakim will ever rule again in Judea. What is interesting to me now, this is often overlooked because it's boring for a lot of people, is to study the lineage of Jesus. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 12. And in Matthew's gospel account, you're going to see here, after the deportation to Babylon, okay, I'm reading verse 12, Jehoiakim became the father of Sitnel, and Sitnel became the father of Zerubbabel. Okay? This is the lineage of Jesus. And in this gospel account, this is the bloodline of Jesus. So what does all this mean? Well, the only answer really could be, if you really want to believe this, what Jeremiah God tells Jeremiah, Jesus cannot th- rule on a literal throne in Jerusalem. Okay? This can't happen. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Verse 20. Acts chapter 2. Verse 20. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great glorious day the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 22. The men of Israel listened to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man arrested to you, attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as yourselves know. Okay, everybody in this day and time, this is the day of Pentecost, Peter speaking, 
Everybody would have known who Jesus was. They would have known what had happened in the last 50 days. And Peter goes on to say, this Jesus, godless man, put him to death. God raised him again, putting the end to agony and death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Verse 25, For David says in him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades. Okay, This is all about Jesus the Messiah, his crucifixion. So Peter's sermon here is all about the resurrection of Jesus. Notice the last part of verse 27. Nor will allow the Holy One to undergo decay. So again, Jesus is only in the grave for three days. He walks out. Okay? And so now, verse 29. Brethren, I, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch of David that he both died and is buried and his tomb is with us today. I can almost see him pointing to where it was. Okay, I don't know if that's true or not. I just, when I read it, I kind of wonder that. And it was so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne. He looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. Then Jesus, God, raised him again, which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured forth, which you both see and hear. Okay, so again, where is this at? He's in heaven. Okay, Jesus has ascended into heaven. He is sitting on the throne. His throne is in heaven. It is not on earth. The Bible does not teach that Jesus will ever have a throne for a thousand years or his kingdom on earth. It just, it's just really not there. His kingdom is eternal and in heaven. And see, we are, our souls are eternal beings, but we're bound by time on this planet. And so... I really struggle with premillennialism, as you can tell. Now, somebody will say, well, you have to believe in premillennialism to go to heaven. No, you don't. You have to believe who Jesus is. He's virgin birth. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He taught his message that Christ, was the Messiah, was supposed to do. He was arrested, he was put on trial, he was found guilty, and he would be uh, executed, he would be crucified, all prophesied, and that he was able to walk out of that grave three days later. The gospel message, folks, is means good news, but it also has this idea that the gospel is this. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Without believing in these fundamental things, you're really struggling 
to be able to walk in the light, to be able to be uh, a chance of salvation. Salvation is a free gift. Christ died for everybody. And yes, he will return. I want to make that clear. There will be a judgment day, and he will return. And so, are you prepared for the judgment day? Are you repenting of your sins? Are you really, uh, truly seeking him out on a personal level to know who he is, know his word, and have hope in him? You know, there there's three gifts of the Holy Spirit, faith, hope, and love. These are the greatest things is love. And God loves us. And he proves his love on the cross. Therefore, we can all rest assured that we will all be with him who believe in him and obey his law. A king cannot break his own law. Here's a side note. Uh, we were in this serious discussion with these questions the other day. He cannot break his own law. If, the, if he made a law saying no king would ever sit on the throne in Jerusalem again, then no king with that name, that bloodline, will ever do that. It is now law. It, is, it cannot be broken. And so, I really hope that you will really seriously go through this podcast again if you're really doubting, if you're mad, upset, uh, think I'm full of beans, uh, that's fine. You're certainly in, entitled to believe that. But I'm going to stand with the Bible, and I'm going to stand with what God tells Jeremiah. Matthew records the genealogy of Jesus, the bloodline of Jesus, and there's that name. Okay, so Jesus is in that bloodline. There is no doubt, because that's where David's bloodline came from. And so we have to understand that on the earth that I know, there is no way Jesus could ever be a king for a thousand years. He's already a king. He is the king of glory. Well, I, I know this is a, a different podcast, perhaps a little more serious, a little more in-depth, maybe a little more controversial uh, for some folks, and I understand that. But I want to thank you. You've hung out with me till the end uh, of this podcast. If you have a question, you can certainly contact us through our webpage. We will do our best to answer it uh, to the best of our abilities. Again, I want to thank you for listening. Please tell your friends and family about us. Hit that like button. Make sure you're following us on your favorite podcasting app so you'll get an alert each time we release our weekly podcast on Saturdays. Thank you again for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory. Amen.